0: quite sure how to start this morning um, but I think just a picture a snapshot of my week um in preparing this um it's been really hard. It's been a real battle um and just talking to to, to Rob about that and I think we agreed that there's a real battle for the workplace a real battle for faith in the workplace. And I'm going to talk about being a witness at work. Now, when I talk about the workplace today, I need to say this at the beginning, what I mean by that is the place that you spend most of your time from Monday to Friday, because it's a different thing for different people, and I don't want people who aren't in a workplace um, in, in the same way as many of us are, to feel left out by that. So it could mean school, it could mean university, it could mean college, it could mean what you do in your retirement. I'm going to use the word workplace because it's just easier than going through that every time. Um, but in the workplace, in those times where we spend all that time and the people we spend time with, there's a real battle for people's hearts and souls. Um, and I think that's why it's been really difficult this week. And I don't have as many notes as I would normally have. That may be a blessing, it may, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but actually I think this is really, really important. And the other thing to state is, obviously, unless you've been living in a cave for the last month or so, um, there's stuff going on in the world. There's a global pandemic, and we can't ignore it, but at the same time, we don't Want to be dominated by it. But actually, people are being dominated in their thoughts by this. People you interact with every day will be afraid. And actually, what they don't have is what we've had this morning. They don't have the presence of God with them. They don't understand that God has got everything in control and it's okay. Yes, that's not to minimize the fact that people are losing their lives. But actually, for us, that doesn't induce or shouldn't induce fear. Because what an experience this morning in the presence of God that says, do you know what, God is overall. God is bigger than all of this. And we know that and we can carry that with us. So don't waste what you've received this morning. Take it with you tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. Just take it with you. Because there are people who need it. People need some reassurance. People need to understand there's something outside of their current experience. Um, and that's God. People need God. People don't have. I mean, I, I don't understand how people go from day to day without experiencing what we've experienced this morning. And what we understand of God. I, I don't know how people do, I would be a mess, I think. I would live in fear. I, I'd be looking at this and think, people are losing their lives. It could be me. But actually, and I was joking with my team um, this week. I said, well, you know, at my age, I'm in a slightly riskier category. Um, but I know where I'm going if the worst comes to the worst. They all looked horrified at me. And I said, well, I do. I'm not going to live in fear. I won't. And it started an interesting conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I should should have learned my lesson, because at that point in time, I really didn't have time to go into it. It was more (laughs) of a throwaway remark, and I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, It was more of a throwaway remark, and then thought, actually, now's not the time, we've got to do some work. Um, I was being a bad influence, and I'm the one who should be the good influence at that point. Um, So anyway, I just wanted to start with that, really, and and think of all of this in the context of the state of the world right now uh, and and have some understanding of what we can bring um, so <laughs> i've got a, a colleague at work I've got lots of colleagues at work, but there's one in particular I really like him he's a great guy um, I worked with him previously and and I work now with him again I'm not going to name names, um, but he is is a really good guy. He's honest. He has integrity. He's a really decent human being. And actually, one of the things I meant to say last week, so last week I talked about, um, uh, uh, what did I talk about last week? Attitude. Attitude, Yeah, thank you. Mine went blank. That bodes well, doesn't it? I spoke about our attitude to the workplace, and what I, I don't think I said, and I should have done, was. We don't have, as Christians, the monopoly on honesty and integrity and decency. There are some good people out there who are not Christians. And and I think we need to be aware of that and understand that and be honest about that. We don't have the monopoly on that, although we should lead the way. (laughs) Um, This guy, he's, he's a decent guy. He's also really infuriating because nearly always he's right about things. I still like him, but he's just... One of those people. Um, and, um, you know, we get on really well. Our polit- my, mine and his politics are very similar, which we won't go into now. Um, but, <laughs> but we differ on one big thing, and that's God. And so I told him, you're not always right. You're wrong on this. You're absolutely wrong. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that approach in how you speak to people. But actually, our relationship, mine and his relationship, is good enough that I can do that. We uh, went on a trip in our last job abroad. We were flying v- around various places in Europe to see customers. And we landed back at Heathrow, and we got into his car, and we set off from the airport, and his tyre went down. And it's one of these stupid run flaps. So have you heard of these? The tyre, you can still drive on it. So you don't have a spare. But the problem is you can only drive for about 50 kilometres or so. And we were way more than that from home. And he went, I I don't know what to do. So he rang. He's got this fancy thing in his car, pressed a button, and it goes through to BMW Assist. I didn't know that existed. Um, And they're going to be over an hour. So I said, I'll tell you what, we'd had some fantastic conversations about the gospel. I'd shared with him. We'd argued in a good way. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll lay hands on your tyre. And he looked a little bit shocked. And he said a really interesting thing. He said, if if he said, if God has the time to deal with my tire, I'll be really upset because I think there are bigger things that he needs to be sorting out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. Great. But we get on. This is the kind and actually I I we he put air in the tire and we got all the way to his house in Tewkesbury, which is amazing. And I said, now that's a miracle, he went, Stop it. <laughs> 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 I got you. <laughs> but that's the kind of relationship we've got. And so everything again that I say this morning in the end it's about relationship. We spend time with our colleagues and we we win the right to talk about these things and we talk about them in particular ways because we build relationship with them. We spend a huge amount of time with people. And actually we build relationships and we can have a laugh together and we can speak honestly with one another. Um, And you judge that depending on the person. There are some people you have to be a lot more careful with. This guy, I feel like I can say anything to him. In fact, I do, to try and shock him and try and build a conversation. Um, But it's all based around relationship, and we mustn't miss that. As I go through some practical things, we mustn't miss that whole area of we're doing this out of relationship. So we're looking at being a witness in the workplace, in that place we spend our time. And um, as we open our lives to others in the workplace, and I I do feel that we should be doing that. I I work with a few people who, they have this demarcation. They say, you know, my work's my work, and outside of that is where I have my friends. I don't do that. That's not me. That's not what I want. I want to be open with my life to those I work with. I want to build friendships with those I work with. And as we do that, I do believe that the gospel becomes evident through who we are and what we do. And, you know, God is with you at work. Whether it feels like it or not. We sing that song, don't we, that says, even when I can't see that you're working. Actually, God is working in your workplace. He was there before you. He was working in your workplace before he went, Now's the time for you to come along and partner with me. Actually, God was preparing the ground for you for the place you're in now. So he went before you. He's been working in your workplace before you did. But sometimes we don't see it. And in Genesis 28, verse 16, it says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, oh, surely. Well, he didn't say, oh, I've added that bit in. Okay. But I kind of feel like he would have done. Going, Oh, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. I didn't even realize he was here. And actually, our workplace can sometimes feel like that, can't it? We get our head down. We get on with the job. And sometimes we don't look up often enough to see what God's doing there with us and with our colleagues. The other thing to understand is God has put you in your workplace for the benefit of your colleagues. And that may feel a bit, ooh, a bit arrogant saying that, a bit, ooh, that's, am I that important? Yes, you are. God has put you there to benefit your colleagues because of who you are and because you carry his spirit with you, you carry his presence with you. You know, one of the benefits of what we do here on a Sunday is it just gives us a bigger glimpse of the glory of God, of the presence of God, and reminds us that actually that same presence, that same glory, that same power goes with us on a Monday. It goes with us. He goes with us to work. It's exactly the same. God is not different this morning to tomorrow morning at work. He's no different. Maybe an intensity of his presence that we experience when we all get together that we don't necessarily experience at work. But he's the same God with the same presence and the same power tomorrow morning as he is today. So you're not just there to earn some money if that's what you do for money. But you're there to benefit your colleagues as well. So how does this play out? How do we do this? Let's Be practical about this. So Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. Some of you might know what that is already. This is a parable that Jesus told of the sower. And uh, let me read that to you. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. This parable is used to teach many things and you'll have heard it many times and be taught many things from it. Today I just want to talk about it in the context of sowing seed in the workplace. Now most of what I... Say today will actually apply wider than the workplace, it just applies to friends and people we know and family. Um, we're thinking about it in the context of the workplace, but actually, it involves you know, this we so see wherever we go. But the workplace can be different because of constraints that you may find in there, which we'll talk about in a bit going to be practical this I just want to be practical about it we want to be equipped don't we for what we do day to day we you know we want to be able to go and, and do this stuff and I'm think I'm going to keep it fairly brief and then we're going to pray together at the end because I want us to pray for one another's workplaces and colleagues because I think it's really important to do that support one another in this so the SOA. firstly I'm going to give you some. An amazing revelation here. You may never have seen this from this parable ever before. The sower sows. Amazing, isn't it? He sows. I'm sure you've seen that before. The sower doesn't make the seeds. He sows the seeds. He sows what he's already been given. You have been given enough to sow. You've got it already. You can do it. You can get out there. You can sow seed. The seed is the gospel, what you know about Jesus. Jesus has changed you. He's already done that. He's given you all you need to go out and sow seed. So the sower sows what he's been given. Next thing he does, or rather what he doesn't do then, is he doesn't then, and I was going to do this, but I'd have to get up again. He doesn't then get on his hands and knees and crawl through the soil getting hold of the seeds he's planted, and start pulling the plants out of the seed. He doesn't do that. He waits for them to grow. Because he doesn't make them grow. The sower doesn't make it grow. It's absurd, isn't it? An absurd thought. But I think for too many years, we've been trying to reach into people and go, come on, you've got to believe this. I'm going to make you change. I'm going to convert you. It's not what it's about. It's about sowing the seed. In um, 1 Corinthians, a group of Christians are arguing over who they follow. Some following Apollos. Some saying they follow Paul. It'd be like people here saying, well, I follow Rob Davy," And others going, I follow Simon Clay. And others going, no, 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 no. We're much better off. We follow Steve Wickey. It's absurd when you look at it like that, isn't it? We're just men. We're just people. They are just people. They're good people. They're just people. And Paul, when when the, the Christians are arguing about who they follow, Paul said to the Corinthian church, and this is my paraphrase of what he said, what utter nonsense. Who on earth are Paul and Apollo? They're just men. And then he says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. This is Paul. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Now, this is in the context of churches growing, but churches at the time were growing because more people were being saved and added to the church. So what he's saying is, I sowed some seed. Yes, some others came around and said the same things as me, which is the watering. They just backed up what I said. And then guess what? God changed people. God added people. God caused the growth. God changes people. We are sowers of seed, not hunters of people. And that is really important. Because we don't go into conversations, we don't go into the workplace to go, I am going to change your mind. That is wrong and causes damage. We're going to be us and we're going to sow seed. Some of that seed might be through our actions. It's through how we deal with people and it's through what we say. But we sow seed. And guess what? The pressure's off. You don't have to change anybody. You don't have to change someone's mind. You don't have to persuade someone. You can just be you and sow seed. There's freedom. Pressure's off. Don't worry about whether people change. Don't worry about it. That's God's job to change people. He will bring the change and He will bring the growth. It's really important that we do that. Really important. And actually, as we sow, generously and gently and respectfully. It speaks to people. Titus chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says this, and the version I've got says bond servants, but if you were here last week, you'll know that's the same as slaves. And I spoke last week and talked about how we can apply these passages that talk about slaves to us in the workplace. Uh, that's not a comment on our workplaces. Um, but it's just the right interpretation. So if you missed that, please listen to last week's sermon because I'm not going to go into that again now. Um, but it says, bond servants, slaves, are to be submissive to their masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Saviour. Adorn the doctrine of God. We want to make the doctrine doctrine of God, attractive. We want to adorn it. We want to be people who are good for it. It's a a perfect message. We don't want to hinder it. We want to make sure that it's not hindered. And we do that by being attractive in our behaviour, by being gentle in our behaviour, by sowing seed well, not by trying to grab people and change them. I'm labouring this point a bit, but I think it's really important as a basis for how we are in the workplace. We need to be a good employee and have the right attitude, as I spoke about last week. We talk about being a witness a little bit, because there's a distinction between witnessing the verb and being a witness, the noun. You see, we're told numerous times in the Bible To be a witness. We're not told, go witnessing. It doesn't say that. It doesn't give it as a verb. It's always a noun. This is not being in the workplace and constantly preaching at people and shoving the gospel down their throats and bashing them with the Bible as people used to be called Bible bashers. And I've been called that in the past, probably because I was getting it wrong. Again, it's not about persuading people. It's about being a witness in our actions, in our lifestyle. We are a witness to what God has done in us. We show and then we tell. It's not just how we act because we want to speak. We want to share the gospel. But actually we show it in the way we are and then we tell it the way it is. That's the order, I believe, that we need to do it in, in terms of being a witness. But we do need to speak out. 1 Peter 3, 15 says, But in your heart, honour Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect some key things here one of those is hope we have a hope and i think at this moment in time that hope is going to shine because there's a lack of hope people are afraid as i've said already so what we want to do is we want to take that hope and be ready to give an answer for that hope so as you speak to your colleagues as you will inevitably have conversations About coronavirus. It's the first thing that people are saying. It's the conversation that's dominating wherever you go. But as we speak about it with hope and without fear, we need to be ready to give an answer for why we are like that. But we do it with gentleness and respect. And as you will have already demonstrated in your workplace, people will then be ready to hear because you've already shown them who you are and now you tell them why. We're not hunting people down, but we're sowing seeds. Some will have had seeds sown and so the words we speak actually water those seeds that are sown, ready for God to bring growth. This is about displaying Christ to people. So they're prepared to hear the gospel when the opportunity arises. Now the next thing I want to say on this is about respecting our employer in this. So last week was about being a good employee and our attitude to work. And we need to have the right attitude in our workplace. We also need to respect the fact that we are being paid for our time do a job. Those of us who are in paid employment, you are being paid by your employer to do a job. So what we need to do is respect that and not spend all of our time chatting and witnessing in a verbal way because actually that can be a bad witness because we could be wasting people's time. I remember a guy many, many years ago stood up in church and told everyone he'd lost his job. he lost his job because he was just constantly preaching at people in the workplace, and they got fed up because he wasn't doing his job. Um, now, there may have been more to it than that, but that's how it sounded to me at the time. We need to be really careful in the way we do this. We need to be good employees. We need to have the right attitude so that when we do speak, we are listened to. We can't waste our employers' time. And we need to be good at that. We need to be honest about the way we're spending our time. Because if we are, then what happens is people will be more inclined to listen to us when we speak. It's preparing the soil, it's preparing the ground. In that whole looking at the looking at the the sowing of the seed, you want to sow into good ground. Actually, the way you are first, the way you respect your employer, the way you use your time, the way you do your job, the attitude you have prepares the ground so that when you do speak, that seed that's sown falls on open ears and not deaf ones. Now, for some people, it's really difficult for you to talk about your faith at work. there was a story in the news uh, over the last few years about a nurse who lost her job over this. Um, a family member, part of my extended family, many years ago, um, lost their job as a nurse for offering to take people to church and lost their job. For those of you who are teachers, very difficult to share your faith with the children, certainly. Um, Maybe not so much with colleagues, although when you're isolated in a classroom with 30 children, you don't get to see your colleagues as much as maybe some people do. So we're not asking people to risk their jobs here. Although sometimes it can risk your job when you stand up for what's right in the workplace, as I talked about last week. But at the same... So we need to be sensitive to our work environment. But at the same time, we need to understand and not trivialise the message we have. This is life or death. This is a message of life or death. This is important. It might be the single most important thing one of your colleagues ever hears you say. So we have to understand the seriousness of the message that we carry, but balance that with that sensitivity of the workplace. Now, I can't tell you how to do that in your workplace, but you do need to think about it. You do need to weigh that up. You do need to do that sensitively and well. And at the same time, it is harder to be a Christian in the workplace, I think, than ever before. I think it always gets harder and harder and harder. As free speech seems to become more and more precious to people, and not offending people, it seems to be that Christians are the one group that it's okay to offend. It's okay to shut them up because they you know, they've got outdated views and they're a little bit arrogant about it because they think that's the only way to Jesus. Because you know, what they believe is right and everyone else is wrong. And you know, there's all that. Actually, it seems that you can't offend anybody these days except Christians. You know, don't worry about them. That's that's what we face. There's there's no doubt about that. And that's the environment that we're speaking into uh, quite often. But, you know, if you do find it difficult, if you do have a a very difficult workplace, let me give you some um, reassurance that actually a spirit-filled Christian can't help but be different in the workplace. We're just different. We are. Everywhere I've worked, it's been pretty obvious after a short time that I'm a believer, that I'm a Christian. I have, in fact, this same colleague that I was talking about earlier. He tells people very openly that his his mission is to make me swear. (laughs) Because the first time I ever worked with him, after just a week, he went, you don't swear the first thing he picked up i went no so i started talking about it and that's when he found out i was a christian and ever since i've known him a couple of years now ever since he's been going i'm gonna make you swear i am i went i don't think you will because i just haven't and that's just that's kind of always been ingrained in me and it's, it's like me saying i'm gonna make you get through a week without swearing not sure i could get him through an hour without it to be honest But we're different. We don't gossip. We don't join in with the the dirty jokes and all that kind of stuff. You get known as the religious one. People would say to me, Are you religious? I said, Well, kind of religiously follow my football club. They went, No, no, you know what I mean. I said, Well, I don't like the word religious. I'm a Christian. Actually, that's a way to start a conversation helpful sometimes when people say that. But you do stand out. You don't have to be particularly vocal. You will stand out because Christ in you makes you different. Another thing I want to talk about is winning the argument. Winning the argument. It's really simple. Don't. Don't, because that's not what it's about. Yes, it's fun to have a debate, and I love that. talk about faith and reason, and we debate things, and it's good. It's not wrong at all. But we need to be gracious towards those with other views. We're not trying to win the argument. We're not trying to get one over on them. We're not trying to prove them wrong, even if inside we think, you're wrong. That's not what we're doing. We need to be gracious to those with other views and with other faiths. Listen to people. Let them speak. Let them have their say. And if it turns out that you've got nothing to say back or you can't do it without offending them, then just back off slightly. Because we're not trying to win the argument. We're not trying to put them down. Actually, I think that does more damage than good. Don't belittle them. Be gentle in your discussions. As it's in 1 Peter it says, gentleness and respect. We need to treat people with gentleness and respect. We need to be careful with them. We're in this for the long haul. It's not that if I don't win this argument, I'm not going to have another chance and they're lost forever. They may already be lost forever, but... <laughs> Actually, this is a long-term thing. It's about sowing the seed. It's about letting God grow the seed. However, we do need to take the opportunity when it comes. We need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. That's not about awkwardly engineering the conversation. That can be so cringy. Look at the sunset out there, one of your colleagues says. You go, I know, isn't creation marvellous? Now, that may be something that works. But sometimes it can just be a little bit awkward because we're trying to bring the conversation around to God. The conversation doesn't lend itself, don't worry. Actually, sometimes it's very easy, especially on a Monday morning. Have a good weekend. Yeah, I had a fabulous weekend. I really enjoyed myself at church yesterday may not be expecting to hear that. You enjoyed it? Uh, Yeah, it was fantastic. What did you do? And on the conversation, it's actually really easy. And I I know I've heard many people say, we're not there to talk about church, we need to talk about Jesus. That's true. But so often a conversation about church will in the end come round to talking about Jesus. You know, I don't want to, necessarily introduce them to the church, as I do I want to introduce them to Jesus and then I want them to find out why the church is so good from that. But actually, we just need to be normal with our conversations. Don't hide the fact that you're here today. Be open about it and see where it goes. See what happens. It can be fun. But remember, when the opportunity does come, again, be respectful to your employer. The opportunity might be there, but the timing might not be right. But it might be a cof- time to make a coffee, and a quick chat over a coffee can be really good. Or it may be that you get some questions and you say, do you know what, we've got to get this work done now, but let's have lunch together. Let's, let's go and have a sandwich at lunchtime, and, and I'll answer your questions. I, I'd love to. know, Fit it in well, but don't miss the opportunity when it comes. And don't try and rush it. Just relax. They may have asked you what you did at the weekend. That doesn't mean, tell me how to be saved. (laughs) It might, in the end, but it might not mean that right at that point. So just relax. Chat to them. Try and be normal. I know it's hard. It's really hard, isn't it? But try. (laughs) Try and be normal. Just have a conversation. It's really not that difficult. <laughs> take your time. Relax. But do take the opportunity when it comes. Now, we're at 12 o'clock. I want to sum up and then I want us to pray because I think it's really important that we pray for one another in the workplace. We can't underestimate how difficult it is as a Christian in the workplace. You know, we're often asked to compromise well, often there are things that go on that we're not comfortable with. But we want to share our faith and we want to do it well. So to sum up, be yourself. Now, I know I've just said be normal. And how I've said be yourself. And that, I don't know, they may, may not match, but we'll see. But be yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide and to change people for you. Pray for your workplace. Pray for situations in your workplace. Pray specifically for your workplace. I've been doing this recently, so I, I have a 45, 50-minute uh, drive to work. So in the car, I will pray. And because my mind is already on work at that point, and what's coming up, what I've got to do, and what I've got to sort out, I will often pray about particular situations. So. I've had a couple of situations recently a couple of people fell out and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to go and sort that out today. I prayed, God, I, I want wisdom as to how to deal with that. I got in and one of those people came up to me and said, I've sorted that out, we're all right now. Answer to prayer, I didn't do anything. I didn't need to do anything. And I've had specific, very specific answers to prayer over the last few months as I've prayed for specific things. God has answered prayer. Projects that I thought, this is not going to go well today. And it's just changed straight away. Problems where I was looking for a solution to an issue and I just could not see it. Someone came up to me and said, oh, I think I could do that. I didn't even ask them. And they solved the problem. God was before me. He was working there before I got there. He was working in people before I spoke to them. Pray for your workplace. So be yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Allow the Holy Spirit to change people. Pray specifically for things. Not just God bless my workplace. Pray for specific things in the workplace. God has put you where you are. You are a benefit to your company, to your workplace. You are a benefit to them. More than just what you're being paid for. And in the end, love the people around you and be their friends. Love the people around you and be their friends. And they will be so grateful for that. So grateful.